Never have I been this torn. Before I have a chance to speak, I have 15 minutes to speak to you, Bachrim, about Parsha, Parsha's Para, Kain Kanievsky, Chizik for learning. We're going to have these long Friday afternoons and long Shabbos afternoons that you could sleep and eat and sleep and eat and sleep and still learn a few hours. So it doesn't end. So in 15 minutes, that's a lot. So one option is I could just you know, go a little longer. We just spoke about it. It's a long Friday afternoon. But I find that once you go over time, Bachem, stop listening. No, you ever find that? No. In other yeshivas, I found that. You know, the Bachem just stopped listening. So we're not going to do that. So I'm going to try to be mechazek ourselves in one kuda. Maybe this will... Uh... So, Hashem, I'm sure your Abayim was speaking all week about your Chaim. I tried not to so many times that as I told so earlier, it's just it's impossible not to. Impossible not to. And I shared a little bit with the Bachrim that famous, famous Yaris Devash of Yenis and Ibishitz writes, it's been quoted by Kamat every Maspid that said a husband, that after a tzaddik is nifter, there is all of his work and effort that he did by high Alma is available to be tapped into. So this afternoon, if anyone knows the schedule that Chaim held, on a Friday and a Shabbos, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I, when I zoichet to spend the Shabbos with him and eat my suda with him, I mentioned to my shirin that I, I was zoichet. Our family had a very special kesher. So when I asked the Rebbe if I could eat there, she said that uh, the halperins are like grandchildren to Reb Chaim. So whether it was or wasn't, it didn't make a difference. I got to eat there. So I got to watch it. And I really, just that one Shabbos suda was enough to keep me after I went. I was mamish a different person for a few months. I, I, I felt uh, tremendous just from this chus of sitting with him. But Shabbos Kodesh, he davin nates. He ate the suit, I think, 7 in the morning, 7.30, and then 8 o'clock was started his Shabbos afternoon. And then he learned till Abdullah. He stopped from him. It was a long Shabbos. He stopped him. But that was, I remember it was a Shabbos afternoon. It was uh, like 12 hours of learning. So let's see if we can do, you know, you can do two or three at least, it would definitely. So if you find it hard to learn on Shabbos, it could be this Shabbos specifically, when we're the first Shabbos after he was Nikbar. If he was married, it's very possible you will find it easier. But if you're not going to try those first 10 minutes, don't think it's the next 10 minutes and the next 10 minutes that we heard about will get easier. But it's Pasha's Para, and I want to share with you one Nakuda to be Mechazakin. Menegir of Chaim, but Menegir Pasha's Para. Everyone knows that the para was a kapara for the ego. Chazal tell us, Rashi brings it, from Moshe Adarshan, The mitzvah para, Aduma came to be mechafa for the chayit ego. Ego's the calf, small. The, uh, the, the cow, the paraduma is the mother, so obviously the mother should come take care. How is it a kapara? And the bochum have to realize that the entire chayit ego says in Svarim was a chesorin in Amunas Chacham. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm coming back. Wait for me. Came that guy and said, maybe Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what he was talking about. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu didn't chap. Maybe Moshe Rabbeinu. That was the beginning and the end of the problem. 
That's where all the problems started. How are we mechaper for making that mistake? And second guessing Moshe Rabbeinu. And second guessing. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he doesn't know. The, the, the paraduma. What's the whole you say the paraduma? Shleim HaMelech, the Chacham Yikaladam, who was able to understand 612 mitzvahs. Clear, he knew all the reasons behind all the mitzvahs. He said, this is too far. This I don't understand. This is it. This, sorry, you can't understand. How could it be that the person that sprays makes you tar and he becomes tame? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Red cow, burnt, the kashan and paraduma don't end. So everybody said, what's the point of it? You know what the point of it is? You don't understand. Hashem says so. That's the way it goes. That was a kapara for the chait of the eagle that we were so busy that we needed to understand and we needed to do. We have to be mechazik ourselves. In Amuna, when you ask your Rav something, you ask a Rebbe something, you ask him an Al something, not always must you understand everything. There's a certain maturity you can say, I don't get it, but I think in 10 years from now, I'll probably see why you're right. And those are the Bacham Stein, by the way. Those are the, the families that are growing. They have a Rav. They have a Rebbe. A Rosh Hashiva. That's Yiddishkeit. When you have to understand everything and you have to know everything, it's a problem. I want to bring out, I'll tell you an interesting story that happened to Chaim. You know what's unique about this story? What's unique about this story is the whole thing is on video. You can see the video. I never watched the video. I heard about it from a year who watched the video. Why is it on video? Because the person who's in the story is a brother-in-law of the Gabbai of Chaim. So when his brother-in-law came in, he decided he's going to give his brother-in-law a present. And he gave him a video of his whole conversation with Chaim. The entire story I'm sharing with you now is on video. For the guys who have no Amunas Chacham, I mean, don't believe this story. I'm really feeding into a lack of Chacham. I don't know why. Okay, I make mistakes. Sitting and telling you the story is true, but okay. Listen to him, I said. It was a Matzah Shabbos, and a Yid, this brother-in-law, gives his brother-in-law an appointment, this Gabbai. Comes in, and the Chaim is, is actually drinking a hot tea, and Chaim actually on the video, Chaim says, Chamin, the Matzah Shabbos, brought down, the person should uh, have... Um, to have somebody had a Matzah Shabbos, happened to be one of Reb Chaim's, I don't want to use the word wars, was the Minig Ha'olam, not even Lav Malka. Chaim was, it's a Loch in Shulchan Aruch, it's a whole Simon in Shulchan Aruch. Chaim was very upset that Lav Malka was neglected. Reb Chaim would sit down right after Abdullah, he would set the table, have a fleshy suda for those that had the schus to be Reb Chaim for Abdullah. I don't know if you ever had that schus, I did. And right after Abdullah, before he got busy learning, because he was worried that he would learn and he would forget. He sat down and says, also brought down to do it that way. Set up his table, he would have a lot and move on. But either way, this was Matzah Shabbos. And this Yid came in, he was a tremendous Baltzara. Let me tell you, he, was, he owned a massive farm in Etzisrael. This person talking to Chaim. And again, this is on video, this is the conversation. He tells Chaim, I have a huge problem. I have, an, I have a lot of Arab workers. An Arab worker fell off one of the buildings he was fixing and doing. And he fell, he fell down, and he's suing me, my insurance. So Chaim's listening, he says, that's not my problem. He allowed him to sue insurance, that's how it goes. But they decided that besides suing insurance, they're also suing me personally for millions of dollars. 
And he says, if this goes through, I don't have nothing left. I go into debt and I'm finished. My farm gets taken, everything. I'm not sure legally why this was okay, but this was the story. So he says, so what are you here for? He says, my lawyer says, the only way to solve it is if I give an offer, my lawyer hurt the if I give enough money of my, let's say I offer a couple million, then they're willing to drop the charges for many million, for the whole thing. And he said, I came to ask the, the rough advice, what he thinks I should counter offer. So Chaim tells him, I think you should offer one shekel. The person shtickle bursts out laughing respectfully. I know it's hard to respectfully laugh, but he did. And he says, no, 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 the rough doesn't understand. They're hitting me for tens of millions. If I come up, my lawyer said, with a decent amount, that's mechubit, you know, then... Chaim said, offer a shekel. <laughs> he says, no, the rough has to understand. Chaim says, the truth is, a shekel is also too much. Zeloshayna. The guy's not serious. Chaim puts his hands in his pocket. On video, takes out a shekel and says, here, offer him this shekel. But I could get, I'll get this one back also. Nice shekel. Okay. The guy is a shtickle torn. He calls his lawyer, and the lawyer says, Roshi, totally nuts. He says, if you don't come back, he's going to sue you. Everything. He says, I, 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 what should I tell you? And Chaim says, I should, go, I should offer a shekel. Anyway, Rabbi the lawyer says, you lost your mind. You will first go for medical help, mental help, and then we'll deal with this thing. He says, this is the story. You want to quit, you can quit. I'm offering a shekel. He says, but you, I'm telling you, you lose everything. He says, I just went to a Chaim. This is what it is. Kids, he calls the other lawyer and tells the lawyer, I have the offer. He says, no, he says a shekel. And that lawyer starts screaming at him. Anyway, what I didn't tell you was that I'm already now in the second video. Two months of Shabbos and back to back. And obviously this information is already being relayed to Abchaim on video. Anyway, to make a long story short, this evening he comes back the next week, tells Abchaim the whole story. Anyway, he screams at him. He says, no, I'm not. He says, offer a shekel or you're, you're, you're fine. Anyway, kids, uh, the lawyer, the other side, says, okay, let me talk to my client. They went to have a meeting and listen to what this year tells Rukhain. They had a meeting and they decided that this guy is such a Meshuggah, let's just get the insurance money and run because we're going to lose everything. He's just going to, he's going to tell him, he's just going to declare he's a Meshuggah and then we're not going to be able to go to court. They went ahead. He didn't give a penny and they told him, keep your shekel. Part of the story. He said, keep your shekel. And Lamaisa, the guy got off the hook with the entire thing. So the Yid goes to Chaim, and he puts the shekel on the table. And he tells Chaim, this is the story. Chaim says, okay. Takes the shekel. He says, can I have the shekel? Chaim says something. He says, why? It's my shekel. Chaim said, like, what do you want from the shekel? He says, I want the shekel so I could show people that a munus chachamim is the way to go in life. Chaim says, fine, you can keep it. His ayid went on the words of Reb Chaim that made not no sense, made nothing. But what happens? He had no doubt. You think Reb Chaim's here to mess him up? He knows. This is what he says. He said, this is the Munas Chacham. I'll tell you how I was inspired, why I'm sharing this with you. I, there was an article written in a, a, there's a newspaper in Yisrael called Globes. Or a magazine, a newspaper, I think so. And there was an, an, a professor in Etzisrael who was the dean of a law school in Etzisrael and Ono University. I didn't know. Ono University, Yeshkazer College? Yeshkazer College. 
Yes, Professor Sham, Dr. Yuval El-Bashan. You could Google him, okay? Don't. Anyway, so this Dr. Yuval El-Bashan is a fryid, totally, <laughs> totally secular. To quote him, he writes, he's a fourth generation secular Jew, like he has a minute to be secular. And he writes that he, he's a big humanitarian and he fights for the poor. This is his big thing. And when he, he tried to find out who else cares about the poor, Someone, one of his from students in the college told him that there's Yidam B'nai Brak who really cares a lot about the poor. He raises millions of dollars a year for poor people. As a matter of fact, for those of you that had the uh, unfortunate situation of seeing pictures of Rebchaim for tzedakah organizations, he had zero, whatever they want, he used to take pictures of him standing, sitting with matzis and mur and, and lulav and eshek. For just, they told him that they'll be able to make money for people if he does those pictures. Rebchaim did it like a tzaddik. If you go to his house, this Yid, this, uh, this professor writes him, he wrote a Hesped in the Globes magazine. And he writes that he remembers the first time he went to Chaim. He said he was expecting to see a million dollar house with guards because he heard that he has a million followers on Twitter, whatever, not Twitter, but a million followers in his lifetime. He said he must be, he's a very wealthy guy. He said he walked into the house, he was horrified. And then... Uh, if you ever went into the house, whatever you imagine, as I told someone yesterday, the Rebbe used to kasha her chickens on a board on her bed. That was, that was the kitchen, there was no room in the People offered him how. Anyway, so he said, first thing he hit him was amazing. He walked in and he says that he asked the Gabbai, so how much is my visit? And the Gabbai looked at him like he goes, charge? He says, what, the rabbi doesn't take money? He says, nothing. He says, what, what if I want to give? He says, this pushkin's day, you can pick who you want to give money to. The rabbi doesn't take a penny. And he writes an article how he never, so he said he stood down there at the steps watching broken people come out smiling. That's what he said. He said, I push it. I stood down when I, he said, I was there multiple times. And I stood down there watching. The only thing I'll tell you that he writes, he says, there were two particular things. I'm quoting him. There were two particular things that impressed me. The first one is that a person who learns is satisfied with so little has nothing, and he's a role model for millions of people. He said, I couldn't help contrast him to the celebrities that our hollow world follows. He said, this filled me with envy. That's what he writes. He pushes so real. He says, I look at this celebrity, I look at art. And then he went on, and he spoke about the people shining on the way down. And this is the point I want to bring. The end of his, he has a, a plea, he asks, from the Haredi world. Now, buddy, this is circulated on many of the Hamish... Uh, News outlets, that's how I know about this article. I don't read Globes magazine. I didn't even know it existed until I saw this article. And I'm not a follower of Dr. Yuval El-Bashan yet, okay? I am very impressed with him that he had the guru to write such an article. Not Stam impressed with him. To say that he's living a lie and a shaker and there's real life out there and he's not part of it. But anyway, it's not for now. He deserves a lot of credit. But I want to just finish off what he said. He said, there'll be many a spade in Britain and he's going to be remembered for his Torah, his humility, his leadership, and he said, along these, alongside all these, which I don't fully understand, he was mighty that he chapped nothing of Reb Chaim's life, of his godless. I also, I request to place the way the rabbi instilled hope and chesed day in day to the people who needed it most. And I, I was nishtoyman when I read this. I said, this is a man who Pashat felt that Reb Chaim had a few things. He had Torah. And he also, oh, don't forget, he was a nice guy also. You, this is why 
for us, this, this, this whole conversation, this whole plea is a waste of time. Why is this plea a waste of time? We're not talking about a person who's a nice guy. This is, oh, we have Gedalim that are nice people, Gedalim that are not nice. He was from the nice ones. You missed the boat. Godless means Derev Chaim, who didn't waste a split second. I said over last night that Derev Chaim was once in Kail Chazanish, and in the middle of learning, he stood up to go get a drink. Never happened. The people in Kail Chazanish saw Derev Chaim for sure dying. He should get up in the middle to write a drink. They push it. They call the rabbits in. Emergency. The Reb Chaim comes home. Maybe he should go to a doctor. Kid says, Rabbi, he comes home. And the Reb's like, are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. What's your issue? Like, so he says, I heard that you took a drink. Imagine the crime. I heard you stopped middle learning to take a drink. Chaim says, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I finished the Masechta. And I wanted, before I start the next one, I wanted to make a him. So I took a cup of water. I didn't, really, I, don't, I didn't have the time. So he said, I took a cup of water. And I went back to the next Masechta. Think about what we do. We finish a Masechta Mishnayis. Rabbi Feldman already has pizza and steaks and french fries coming down from the roof. Because I'm not Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Feldman. Definitely working. But Chaim got a glass of water. He had to make a seam, Pashit. This is a person who Pashit didn't have the time to make a seam. He didn't waste a second. How did he find hours a day to be Mechazi Kid? Professor El-Bashan, I got news for you. You can't understand just his chesed part and not understand his God's desire. You think he was sitting on a couch a whole day and he had a good heart like you, which by the way, sounds like he's a decent guy. No issues with El-Bashan. He's volunteering. He's a lawyer for the unfortunate and the downtrodden. Keep up your great work. You don't understand Arab Chaim's life. He wouldn't go. He went to his own kids, Simchas, and he apologized to his mechutin about a Sheverbox, one of his kids. He says, I'm sorry, I can't come to Sheverbox tonight. He says, why? He says, my chavis are taking me over. So Nebuch, the mechutin, got all nervous. Chavis means debts. So he said, oh my gosh, let me try to help or raise money. He says, no, 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 no. My chavis means I'm behind in my learning. Chaim used to call his learning chavis. So he didn't have time for his own kids, Sheverbox. He didn't have time for his own siyam. He sat hours a day where people would bother him with silly questions. You know that? You know that kids, you don't remember this. Ask your Rebbeim, it used to be in style, everyone wrote letters to Chaim Kanievsky, so just he can get it back. Chaim answered every letter we ever got. Five-year-old boys, someone told him, I said, his seven-year-old daughter wrote a letter to Chaim. Some question in her parsha sheets. Chaim responded to everyone. And the Gaboyim told Chaim, I don't understand why are you responding to these little kids that are just doing it so they can show it to people. Chaim said, are these kids having chizik from my notes? He said, yeah. No, he didn't have time for anything, but for another idiot time. Professor, no one's going to forget it. You might forget it because you don't know what the Munis Chachamim is, because you don't know what a Godl B'tayr means. A Godl B'tayr is someone who's connected to Akash Baruch Hu. He doesn't have this Mila, this Mila. Oh, and he's also a nice guy. Sorry. So to respond to your plea, you're, you're, you have nothing to worry about. No one's going to forget. But remember, his humility and his Torah, he writes, is not separate from his Chesed. It's his Ain'ts. He didn't have his own opinion, whatever Ratzon Hashem was. Hashem wants me to take people, I take people. Hashem wants me to learn, I learn. There's nothing. That's another Godel. Rabbi Yisai, as we started off, and we're going to finish, don't squander an opportunity that we're living in now. This is an opportunity to take on something real. Maybe next time you're learning and you're about to close your Gemara, say, I'm going to take five extra minutes because that's how we get there. Maybe this Shabbos, when you have this long Friday afternoon today, and you have a long Shabbos afternoon. Maybe let's maybe make a new thing. Don't tell anyone. Keep it for Shema. Take a Chavusa. You're going to start learning on Shabbos. You can take your Shabbos Kodesh because Reb Chaim left an amount of Asmad in the world that's being split right now between people that are taking it. There are opportunists now that are stuffing their pockets. And then there are guys that are just walking around saying, why are they talking so much about this rabbi? 
So maybe you'll change. Good idea, no? I don't know why Rebbein thought of it. It's brilliant. Bachrim, I'm pleading with you. Don't squander it. This Shabbos, I'm talking to myself and Rebbein, everyone, everyone's thinking about it. Take on something stronger learning. Maybe the next time you're about to blow off your handle, think about the hundreds of people that drained your behind Ganevsky a cup with silly questions. I was there by a student once when someone walked in and asked him three cup questions, one after the other. I was losing it. And I wasn't in a rush to go learn, and it wasn't me. Reb Chaim sat there. I was there when Reb Chaim wanted to bench, and his wife was standing by the door with a whole bunch of ladies. They were hugging her and kissing her. <laughs> Reb Tzikhanevsky was a rebbe and her herself. And Reb Chaim was waiting to bench, and I watched him. He was waiting. It was like five, ten minutes. And the grandchildren were getting agitated. Saba, let's, 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 shall I go tell Safta to come? He's like, when Safta's ready, she's going to come. I watched his face. He was... Plotting to go learn. I wasn't ready. It was that, but that's how hot it was. And there was no major food here. I have to tell you, don't get carried away. Don't ask me about the menu. You'll be very disappointed. I'll let you just dream about what he served. Nothing. Anyway, the point is, Bakram, I watched him. He didn't get agitated. And there was a grandchild there that's not well. There was mom is driving him nuts. And he just sat there. Nothing. This is big people. Rabbi Isai, let's catch up And remember the Avaita Pasha's Paro. Let's remember when Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm coming, listen to him. Don't say maybe. When Mordechai Tzadik says don't go to the party, listen to him. When we don't, all the problems start. In this chus, Be'ez HaShem, of us taking in, we will be Zoycha Be'ez HaShem to reunite with him. We will be Yishlaim Yerach